Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game-related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. All right, people. It is 2024. <laughs> so that means we need to talk about our top 10 uh, games from 2023. Uh, so that's what we're doing this episode. We're going to be doing, we're breaking down a couple top 10s. Natasha's going to give her top 10 2023 games. I'm going to give mine. We're just going to kind of see uh, see what we come up with. So what did you think when you were making this list? Well, at first I was like, I haven't played hardly any of the games. Like, I'm not going to be able to even come up with 10 games that I like. Um, but it was easy. I easily had 20, and then I just had to order them. So there was, there was a lot. There was a lot I still want to play, but um, I've played a lot, and I liked a lot of them. So At first I was just like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to really come up with a good top 10. But I started looking at some of the games that were released, and I was like, okay, yeah, there's some there's some really good games here. Um, I think there might be one or two on my list that surprise you slightly, but aside from that, yeah, I, I 2023 was a good year for games. Um, there's still a ton I really wish I could have gotten to the table, but that is that is the nature of having a lot of games come out in a single year that you want to play. They just you just don't have the time, right? So do you think we're going to have very many that are on both of our lists? I'm sure there's going to be crossover. Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be four. That's my prediction. Ooh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what's <laughs> up. I don't know. Uh, maybe It's tough to say. I think, I think there's one game in particular that when you look it up on BoardGameGeek says it came out in 2022, but... I didn't I actually didn't see it until the Dice Tower cruise and even then it wasn't available for us to purchase until like March in the states. Um so it's a European based company so I think it was released in Europe before it came to the states. So that's slightly cheating I guess. There's a couple of on here that are probably slightly cheating, but yeah. Yeah, that's th- it's tough because like there's some, if you go by just the year, which is what I did, I only searched for the year. So mine are strictly ones that came out in 2023. Um, but there's a lot of games like we were just talking about Wayfarers of the South Tigris. And that one didn't come out until or that one came out in 2022. But I don't think we played it until 2023. So it didn't make my li- list last year, which it would have had I played it last year. So I think it'd be interesting to go back and redo our 2022 list and include it on that list. Yeah, it would be to do a, basically a look back and kind of see what's what's going on with that. The other mm-hmm. thing too is I've it, it's always an interesting thing creating this list cuz my natural instinct is to say brand new games that I have played for the first time in 23. And yeah. say regardless of the year in which it was published, it will go on this list cuz I've there's a handful of like obviously content creators or whatever that I watch and I've seen it done both ways where they're listing off games that it was the first time they played it in 23 and I've seen other ones that strictly go by if it was released in 23. I think that's completely fair because most people don't play games the the first year that they come out. Yeah. This is true. But if you're thinking about games that you really want to look at that came from 23 you obviously want to keep that within the list. But uh, before we get into the top, our top tens, I do want to just acknowledge this is episode 100, oh. which is super cool. We we hit 100, technically four more episodes, and we've been doing this officially two years. Well, technically, we did miss a couple weeks, but that's besides the point. So episode 100, our top 10 of 23. So what uh, what do you say we get started? What is your number 10? All right. My number 10 is one that I think will also be on your list, and that is Wild Tiled West. I was super excited about this because I love polyamino games. I love tile laying games. I like the Wild West theme. I think it's really cute. This one's got animals all over it. Uh, It's super cute, and I love that. I love, like, animals as people. I think it's adorable, and I, I love everything about it. I think it's a lot of fun. I like the theme. I like playing it. Uh, I think it's a great tile laying game, polyamino game. That is my number 10, Wild Tiled West. Wild Tiled West. There you go, number 10. My number 10, just squeaking into the list, surprised me when I did it, was Scholars of the South Tigris. 
Uh, we recently reviewed this probably a handful of episodes ago, and I I talked about how heavy it is. And I think the the trait of a good game is when after you're done, you're constantly thinking about things you could have done different. And as heavy and in depth as that game was, the more I think about it, the more I I enjoy that crunchy nature of it. So for that, I definitely had to put it on my list. Um, there's a lot going on in this game. So if you like a lot of different things and the problem too, I think is you do a lot, but don't score a ton. So it feels like work, right? You're just like churning these wheels, churning these wheels. And then one point, one point, <laughs> one point. Uh, but it, I mean, it's, you know, it's Shem Phillips and, you know, Sam McDonald and they just do a really good job. So I pretty sure this is on Natasha's list, probably higher up. But my number 10, Scholars of the South Tigers. All right. My number nine, uh, I don't think it's on Bob's list because I don't think you played this. And that's Sagrada Artisans, the Sagrada Legacy game. Uh, I really like Sagrada a lot. I love the puzzliness of it. This is just more Sagrada with like different shape puzzles. Basically, like each game you play is instead of like this basic grid, each game is going to be different shapes and different um different puzzles but essentially it's the same game where you can't have any tiles adjacent to each other and it's fun because you get to color it in and that's a lot of fun it comes with a little booklet that you're you're doing and the book is really nice it's got packets for you to collect the information in and hold all the cards and store things in i really really like this game i think it's a a big box for what it is so you know just to go into it knowing like it really is just more sagrada a different way to play sagrada um but for me, I really enjoyed it, um, and I like I like games that you get to color in with colored pencils. I think it was a lot of fun. I love Sagrada. I love the puzzliness of it. So I liked it. Um, that is Sagrada Artisans, my number nine. Do you like it better than just regular Sagrada? Um, I could play either one. I feel like they're very similar. The Sagrada Artisans has more variety. Uh, it's more fun with a coloring book, but I don't know that it's that different. It really is just more of the same. Sure. Okay. It It's interesting because something like that kind of piques my interest, but at the same time, like I just don't really want to play it, you know? As weird as that sounds, like if you came to me and you're like, hey, Bob, I want to play through this campaign with you, I'd be like, yeah, I'm down. But for me to like seek it out and grab it, even though it's that style of game that I think I would like to play, you know, mm-hmm. I I enjoyed Sagrada. The problem, I think, with Sagrada, and I've probably said this a, a bunch of times, but Azul came out right around the same time. So those two, like, competed against each other. And I think if there there wasn't that competition between the two, I think Sagrada would be quite a bit higher up on people's lists. You know, just because of the whole Azul thing, it kind of, you know, essentially filled the same niche, the two of them, you know? Yeah, I think it's a little bit, slightly more fun way to play Sagrada because it's a little bit different and it's got a big meta game. If you haven't played Sagrada and it sounds interesting to you, I think this would be a great way to like play it. This is a little bit more expensive because there's more to it, like the bigger the box and all that stuff that comes in it. But but if you're unsure if you'll like Sagrada that much or if you're like, I don't really want to play it 12 times, it doesn't sound that terribly exciting, but I like the game or I like to play the game then like regular sagrada it's a, a smaller price point smaller box it makes more sense if you're like not super into it but you like it but you're not super like excited to play it 12 times in a row yeah and the I price point's really kind of high comes. yeah it's a, it's a high price point for what it is yeah but it seems cool i wish you could tell me truthfully how good the story is but i know you don't necessarily care that much about the story of of those things it's but. not interesting I mean, it's just you got you got to build buildings. I I don't remember what really what the story even is. Yeah, I suppose. Okay, that's fair. All right. It's a coloring book. It's a really fun little puzzle that you get to play and color things in, and that's what makes it fun. An adult coloring book. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, my number nine. Also, something that somewhat. Uh, threw me by surprise at how well I liked it when I was putting together this list. That is Forest Shuffle. We actually just reviewed this, and I really like card games and cards that have like dual purpose. 
and you create your own scoring opportunities. I've really started to dig that lately. Anytime a game offers me the ability for me to choose the way I want to score, I've really been enjoying that. And I think this game does that really well because there's so many things that you can score points on. And there's so many cards that you have in your hand. And it's always an agonizing decision when you know you're going to play a card and you're having to discard other cards to pay for it. And then you're you're seeking that one card. You're like, man, all right, I've played this animal and I really need to find a rabbit now. If I get a rabbit, then I'll I'll score this, but I I'll score nothing if I don't find the rabbit. So then you're digging, you're digging, you're digging, and you finally find that card, and you're like, all right, sweet. What am I going to spend to, to pl- like play this card in my tableau? Now I have to give up these trees, but then, you know, Natasha's collecting those for set collection. I don't want to give her access to these. It just, it, it really does a good job of combining all those things that I like. The dual card nature, you know, forming your own scoring, stuff like that. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but... I yeah, I really like it. So it is on my list. That does surprise me a little bit. Yeah, it's not on my list. It was on my short list. It's in my top 20 for sure. And I do really like it a lot. But I'm surprised it's on your list. I you know, what's funny is I always so to do my rankings, I do pub meeple. If if you guys don't know what pub meeple is, if you just type in pub meeple and search, it's a it's a ranking engine. And you can rank anything you can rank beers, you can rank books, whatever you want, you can rank. And and obviously the boarding portion of things. And what it does is it combines two next to each other and you just pick which one you want. If it says between uh, Scholars and Forest Shuffle, which one would you play first? So, you know, you just hit Forest Shuffle and then it, it obviously takes that data and breaks it down. It does a really good job. I think every now and again, you have to make a couple tweaks on it. But overall, I think it does a really solid job. And yeah, it just... I. I think about that game and I think about how I could do things differently and all this other. Yeah. So I like it. My number nine for a shuffle. Yeah, it's a great game. All right. My number one, I had a big box with Sagrada. Number one, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> my number eight I is in a small box and that is Fiction, which is essentially like Wordle, the board game. Have you played this one, Bob? I forget. Yep. Yeah, we okay. played it. Yep. I love Wordle. I love all word games, and I played a ton of Wordle. I like it a lot. This is very different. It, it is Wordle. It's 100% Wordle, but it feels very different than what you're used to playing on your phone because there's a, the there's a li- the librarian is a liar, and they lie every time, um, but they only lie on one letter, so you have to figure that out, and it's really interesting, and I'm really bad at it, but man, I really, really like it. It is such a fun word game, and it's so different and unique, and it and it's just, I, I I love it. I think it's really really good. Yeah, it's one of those games that I should like more than I actually did. It was fun, and I I enjoyed my plays with you guys on it. I just didn't. I think I'd rather just play Wordle and just do it by myself because it it falls into the one of those things you got that one person lying and there's some deductionist trying to figure out which word is what when do you use these special things to find out if people are lying you know the the but it, libra- the librarian is it the the librarian li- cuz they're oh liars oh my god yeah okay it, yeah it I, is yep. wordle it is just the game of wordle but with a librarian but because of that librarian it's like you know, it's kind of like how crew the crew takes trick-taking games and it completely switches it around. And so now you have to completely change the way you play these types of games. So, sure. yes, it is Wordle, but it plays so much differently. Like when I play Wordle on my phone, it's a very different game than when I play Fiction, the board game, because it's just a whole different set of puzzles. Yeah, I can. I see what you're saying. I just, yeah, I, it wasn't for me. I don't, it was fine. It was a fine I, game. I tried teaching this to a group of friends at, I think it was Origins, and they about vomited on the table. They thought it was just the worst game ever. <laughs> like, I think I might have, like, like, let me just show it to you, and then we'll play, like, one round. And, like, they're like, no, no, this is awful. So I definitely don't think this game is for everybody. That's, yeah, hey, man, that's fair. That's fair for sure. But I love it. My number eight, Fiction. All right, my number eight is... Uh, Wandering Towers by Capstone. This is probably along the lines of more of like a kid's game. You basically have a circle with a bunch of like little towers on it. You're going to have a hand of cards. 
When you play a card, the cards are going to allow you to do either move one of your meeples or allow you to move a tower. And you, when you move a tower, you can move an entire stack. You want to ultimately cover up other people's meeples. You kind of have to remember where your stuff is and you'll forget. And the object is basically to get all your meeples into a little castle. The first person to do that wins the game. Pretty simple when it comes to that. Like there's there's some different uh, tokens you can acquire, potions that allow you to kind of break the rules in some way. I really like this game. And every time I've played it with like newer gaming people, they always seem to really enjoy it because it's kind of one of those things, too, where you can be mean and it's okay because you can't win the game unless you cover up people's meeples. Every time you cover up somebody's meeple, you get to flip one of your potions and you have to flip them all before you can end up with all your things in the castle. So I really like this game. You know, you're drawing some cards. It's pretty quick. It's people always kind of have a fun time with it. There's this back and forth between everyone and you forget where your meeple is. And then you grab one, you kind of lift it and you you're like, oh, I guessed wrong. But you put your hand on it. It's like chess. Once you move it, you got to move it. It is what it is. You got, you know, so it's I've always I've, I've had a lot of fun with this game. Uh, my number eight is Wandering Towers. It's just silly, goofy fun. Yes. I think yeah. like anybody's going to have fun playing it. Like you don't take it seriously. It's not mean. Even when somebody's covering up your meeple, you're like, it's just kind of an extra. Oh, that's, I, that's fine. I'll remember where it's at. It's no big deal. But then and you then forget because you... <laughs> you just think it's going to be easy to remember. Yeah. It, it's, it's goofy fun. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. This is what that's one of those games too. I I think it could end up like just climbing higher and higher for me the more and more I play it because it just seems to do really well and it's especially good with kids and they love covering up parents' meeples. Yeah, pretty solid game, I think. All right, my number seven is Expeditions. I really like this game. I like the side universe. I like I like the the mechanics of you get. You, two actions you can do either one of them but not the one but you you have to cover up uh the, a different one that you covered up last time so if you moved you know and explored last time you can't do those same two actions and then when you rest you get to do all three of the actions again i really like that i feel like this is a quick and breezy game um it can be you know the turns can be really fast i don't like it at five players but other than that i i really enjoy it i think it's got some interesting things especially with the cards that are flipped over you know every time i play it it gets a little bit more interesting to me and i've got some more strategy and and i really enjoyed it and i'm I'm sad that it's not um getting played as much as i thought it would have this year yeah if it was one of those games that i was super excited about and it just didn't quite click and i don't know if it, it it was a people problem and not a game problem because the people I was with kind of, I, I I mentioned a couple things that I didn't particularly care for. For example, the terminology on certain things didn't make it very intuitive, which mm-hmm. I, I, in some ways I felt like they were trying to be cute when they didn't need to be. You know, coming up with words for actions that don't necessarily need to have different words for those actions. So I really want to play it again and and really see if, you know, maybe it was just me. Maybe it was a people problem, the group I was playing it with. So I really want to give it more because I like the Scythe universe too. You know, I like the action stuff. Yeah. It is a little tricky to teach because of the, the, because of the unique words and you're like, okay, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? What do I do? You know, it, it, once you learn it, you learn it, it's fine, but it's got a little bit of a learning curve. You know, yeah. it, it, it's a little different than a lot of the terminology is completely made up. So you have to just learn the terminology, but I really like it. I'm going to hopefully get to play it more this year. That is my number seven expeditions. All right. My number seven, I said it when we reviewed it and I think that still holds true. It was the game I wish Wingspan was, and that is Earth. I really enjoy this game partly because of how snappy the turns are. A person, you know, you have four basic actions. If you take it, you get a you get a, the better version of those actions, but then you can activate all your cards. So as another player who 
it, when it's not my turn, I'm still engaged. I'm still hoping that they're going to pick a, you know, a specific action that I need so I can activate all my cards. It has a nice little puzzle about when you're building out your tableau, you need to put cards in a specific sequence because you activate them in that sequence. So then it gives you, you know, all the different things as you're activating these cards. I think it's a really solid game. I think the implementation on board game arena as far as turn based is a little leaves a little bit to be desired a like quick snappy game in real life is a slog in a turn based game online which kind of sucks but I really like this game I am expecting it to be on Natasha's list closer to like one or two maybe somewhere in there <laughs> would be my guess but I really enjoy this game. Like I said, I, I it was the game I was hoping Wingspan was. And I think it's a super solid game. My number seven, Earth. No comment. Number six. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to your comments later. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was actually going to be on your list because of how much you hated it on BGA. It So it sucked on BGA. I'm not going to lie. It was It took a super fun snappy game and just made it a slog which is too bad because there's a lot of pieces to earth there's a lot of setup it would be a nice one to play online and i think they can fix it i think with a couple more implementations it can get better i don't think it has to be a bad online version but with that being said if you played it online and didn't really enjoy the game don't give up yet the one thing that sucks about setup is having to shuffle seven thousand cards yeah yeah, that would managing be managing all of that online, managing all your, how to do it in order. Like it's just a lot to manage, and doing it online is is beneficial. And it's fine to play online. It just you just have to every. It doesn't let you play like everything out. It makes everyone do the first action. Once everyone's completed, then everyone can yep. do their their initial actions. So it just slows the whole thing down. But anyways, all right. Yep. My number six is world wonders this is another tiling game that i really really enjoyed it was very unique very um different than a lot of tiling games that the economy and the money was really cool because you could you know you have you could do a few different actions they cost different amount of money different buildings do and then any, any then you can also build a wonder but when you build a wonder you spend all of your money so you want to save that till the end of your turn but yeah if somebody else can qualify to build that wonder then you might want to do it sooner. And it's really nice because you can see the requirements to build that wonder and you can look at everybody's board. So you know, like if you're safe and can just hold off or if that person could afford to buy it, then maybe you want to just jump ahead and go ahead and use that entire turn just to build that wonder. And those those decisions that you have to make are really, really painful and th- and it gives the game a lot of tension and I think it makes the game really, really fun and really good and but still really simple. Yeah, it keeps things pretty streamlined for the most part, and it's a lot of timing. For a game where you're acquiring tiles and stuff, it has a lot of little timing things in it. When do I go for that wonder? When do I go for this thing? When do I go for that thing? And you're always wanting an extra couple coins to get some extra stuff, which you don't have. I mean, you could take a loan, but... It just, yeah, putting it all together, I think it does a really good job. Plus the aesthetic of it. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a really good game. It's got a lot of tension. It's it's fairly family friendly. I think it. I think it's got a lot of legs and a lot of people could really enjoy this game. Yeah. That is my number six, World Wonders. All right, my number six is Ticket to Ride Legacy, Legends of the West. So this is the legacy game from... Days of Wonder with Rob Davio, Alan Moon, Matt Leacock, the team who puts together the legacy style games. Uh, I think this game could have been higher had I played it with more players. We played it two player with my wife and I. It was a it was a good, fun experience. But I think this is the type of game that will sing at higher player counts. Even, you know, when you're paying, when you're playing, you know, base ticket to ride, there's it playing it at two player. It's just not tight enough. Playing it at higher player counts, I think, is much better because it gives that gives that tension of of the game of who's going to steal my tracks, who's not going to steal my tracks, that sort of thing. So I think if I had played it at a higher player count, I would enjoy it more. 
That said, I really enjoyed the legacy aspect. I enjoyed the overall story. Seemed pretty decent. Wasn't fantastic, but it was pretty good. And overall, I enjoyed my experience with it. I agree that it would be better at higher player counts. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But I <laughs> disagree that base base ticket to ride is not that great at two. I love it at two. I play it all the time with Max at two. And because you don't have those double routes, you can still get things taken from you. And I like yeah. it. People aren't messing up my routes. I don't like that part of like getting cut off. Like it makes it interesting and good, but like it also frustrating. So I agree with you, but for different reasons. I'm going to share a story real quick because I taught my parents Ticket to Ride on Christmas. So Christmas Eve, we went over there and I brought Ticket to Ride and they they had never played it. So I taught my parents Ticket to Ride and I played. It was me, my wife, Ashley, my two parents, and then my brother. So we were playing five. And at first it was a little a little sketch, but then about halfway through it clicked for you know, clicked for everybody. And then you could just see how agonizing some of those decisions were with people. And then all of a sudden somebody would take a spot that you were trying to get and how angry everyone got. It was so much fun. Afterwards, my dad's like, hey, uh, send me the link to buy that game. So wow. I sent him the link. And then my brother contacted me the following day. He's like, hey, what do you think about these different versions of Ticket to Ride? And I was like, well, depends on how many players you have. You know, this map's a little bit more friendly. This one has a lot more cutthroat for the for the stuff. He's like, no, I want the ones that are cutthroat. I want the map that, you know, people are fighting over routes because that it just it's so tense. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Positive experience. It was good. That is awesome that they both loved it so much or that they all loved it. Yeah, it was great. So my number six. Ticket to Ride Legacy, Legends of the West. All right. My number five is our first crossover, and All that right. is Scholars of the South Tigris. Yeah. I really like the the South Tigris series. I love it as much as the West Kingdom series. I love them all. Wayfarers, I don't think, was on my list last year because I must have played it for the first time this year, so I really should have included it in this list, and it, if I did, it would be even higher than this game. I like it even more because I've played it quite a bit more obviously um i really like this game i think it's really interesting it does a lot of really unique thing things i like the theme a lot i like the tracks i like that the points yeah you're you're eking out all these points but there are ways to get a lot of points in those scrolls uh, and so not only do you have to figure out how to play the game then you have to figure out the strategy of the game and then you have to figure out like getting some actual decent amount of points um i think this game is going to grow on me even more over time if, if I can get it played, we'll see if it's kind of a, you know, it is a little chunky uh, game to play that not everyone loves. So we'll see. But I really like it um, as a fan of the the South Tigris series and pretty much all of these games. Um, it's up there for me. And that's no surprise there. My number five, Scholars of the South Tigris. If I'm being honest, I'm surprised it's so low. I would have I expected know. it, you know, in top three, but. There was know, a lot of really good games. <laughs> There, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so my number five is going to be our second crossover, and that's World Wonders. Yeah, I figured I, that was going to be on your list. Yeah, for sure. it's just it. It's simple, but tense. It's fun. The aesthetic. I can't say enough about how I love having tiles, and then those real chunky wonders that you're placing. There's a nice little puzzle. I talked about the timing element of things. I think. There's a lot more timing decisions in this game than in a lot of tile lane games, which I think is cool and interesting. So it kind of takes things and does stuff slightly different. I really like it. I, I think Arcane Wonders did a good job with it. And yeah, World Wonders. It's good. It's my number Great five. Great game. All right. My number four is definitely not on Bob's list. One, because you <laughs> haven't played it. But two, yeah, I don't think you ever will play it. Yeah. And that is The Search for Lost Species. Yeah, I really like this deduction game it's one of my favorite deduction games it, for sure i think it is my favorite deduction game uh, i love the search for planet x i recently played that again and i think the search for the lost species is even better the, not because the theme is any better or i do like the planet theme a little bit better but um the way that you can move around the different tiles and i just like the way you solve the puzzle a little bit better it's got a few more 
things going on. Uh, I I just like it even better, and I think this is one of the best deduction games out there. It's it's so good. Is it not the same from the Search for Planet X? I thought they were the same game. They are essentially the same game. If you learn one, you'll you'll when I teach you the second one, I'll be like, this is this ex- you know this is just like this action. This is just like this action. This is just like this action, except for. In the planet ones, you're kind of moving across space and you can only see, you have to look at your telescope so you can only see what your telescope can see, right? You can't see the whole, all of space and time. You only see those sections where the species, you're in a jungle and you can travel around these like tiles, you know, hop along different tiles and and go visit different areas. And then you've got some cards that let you kind of have some special powers in the lost species. So there's a few different changes. But it's essentially the same game, but I, and I definitely don't think you need both of them. I think if you have the Search for Planet X, you probably don't need the Lost Species. But if you are interested in a really good deduction game, they're both really good. But the Search for Lost Species, I think, is just a little bit better because mm. of the tile placement, the tile thing, the tile things, and then those special cards you can get. And I think the way you deduce is, is a little bit more intuitive as well. Sure. Yeah. I'll never know. Yeah, it's yep. It's cool. it's one cool. of those cool, cool. One of those Good very. Job. It's one of those brain burning deductions where in the beginning you essentially have all this information, but you know nothing. It's like it, you you get like all kinds of bits of information, but it doesn't tell you about anything, and you, you're completely lost and you know nothing. Then all of a sudden you get one piece of information, and everything just clicks into place. And you just get it all at once. And it's so much fun, like, when that clicking happens. And I have played it with people, and it went horribly wrong, like, horribly wrong. They absolutely hated this game, which is why I will never try to convince you to play this game. It, I, No. It, no. It is, if you don't <laughs> like deduction games, this is not a game that's going to change your mind. Like, Appreciate this is it. heavy deduction. You are going to be, like, soup. Your brain is just complete soup. Makes no sense until everything clicks into place but but like if it, but it's possible that it may never click into place and the game can be over and that's not a fun feeling nope you know people that's how like what that. i experience in almost every deduction style game yeah this is worse it's like worse because at least all the other games you're like no i know one thing i know this thing you know it, it's a it's a tricky one um but it is really good if you like that style of game. That is my number four, The Search for Lost Species. All right. My number four is a cheat, I will say, because I did not play this until the Dice Tower Cruise. And it was a little bit of an argument between Natasha and I because she got grumpy with me. But that is Woodcraft. I'm pretty sure this came out like end of 2022. And you had just had a chance to play it right before, like, going on the cruise. So I'm counting it. I don't care. It's my list. It's my it's one. Fine it's fine if you can count one. it. It's a 2022 game, but you can count it. It's a good game. Thank, thank you for giving me permission. I suppose. Uh, yeah, this is a a Vladimir Suchi game, so you know I'm gonna dig it. You're you're basically wood elves that are creating wood stuff. You have a workshop, and you're playing you're trying to build different things pretty much what it is you know you have you you have these little elves wearing blueberry hats and acorn hats and the the i think the cool aspect is the action wheel so there's going to be a set of actions and every time you take an action you're going to be moving this disc basically along this path and it, it kind of resembles a saw and once you get to a certain spot you basically need to rotate the inside but you won't be able to rotate the inside until all the tiles have kind of made their way over so it has an interesting way of making sure you're taking all the actions i really like that action wheel i think it's cool and you use dice but they're not necessarily dice that you roll they're they're going to be considered like wood you you're you're growing them and you're advancing them and making them higher you do roll dice every now and again but it's not it's not like you're constantly chucking dice. They're more of a placeholder than they are anything else of how big it is. But I really enjoy this game. I've, you know, I've borrowed it from Chris, played it with my wife. I've offered him an exchange of this with Praga Kaput Regni because I like this one better. And 
I don't care that I'm cheating that it came out in 2022. I really like this game. So I am a little bit surprised that you like it so much because I have not heard you admit you like it and I know exactly why. So when this game first came out, I was like, hey, yeah, Bob, yeah, you need yeah. to buy this game. This is a Vladimir Suchi game, and it has a rondelle. You're going to love this game. I mm. hadn't played it yet. I was like, you need to pick this up so you can play it because you're going to love it. And he That's like, how that refused. Went. I'm going to stop you right there. That's not, that is not how it went. You didn't, so you, you didn't say, oh, you should pick this up. You go, oh, that's a Vladimir Suchi game. That's all right. I don't have to buy it. Bob will. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, you like all the Suchi game. It has Rondell and has all this. You're going to buy it. The only like, no. reason you haven't bought it no. is because of that. Like he's putting his foot down. Yeah. No, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I can play Chris's game. You're not hurting anybody but yourself. I I will do a lot of different so, things being as spiteful as I am. This is like the <laughs> most I've heard Bob rave about this game because he absolutely refuses to because I told him how much he was going to like this game. Yeah, I can't prove you right. I do. I love this game. It's it's really good. I've always I enjoy it. I think there's a lot of different ways to score points in it and you're always kind of exploring new things with it. There's there's a few tracks that you're climbing and basically give you income during these income turns. It's a tight economy. Your currency is blueberries, and you need to make sure you have enough blueberries to do things. I like it, and yeah, it probably is because you you said I would, and I don't. And then, like I said, I'm you know I'm that kind of guy, I guess. But I don't know. I like it. This game would definitely be on my list of 2023 games if it had come out in 2023. But since it didn't, I didn't include it. But it would be up there because I do really <laughs> like this game. I'm pretty sure it came out at the end of 22 because I didn't get a chance to play it until the Dice Tower Cruise. So, and you had just played it like a week or two beforehand. So I'm counting it. I don't care. My list, my number four is Woodcraft. All right. My number three is no surprise here Ticket to Ride Legacy Legends of the West. I loved this game. My son loved it even more than me, which is part of the reason why I loved it so much, because he had so much fun. He beat me in the whole campaign. We played it, just the two of us. It was amazing. And good news, I just got it for Christmas, another copy for Christmas. So now I'm making my entire family play. So we will be playing at four players. I will let you know how it goes if it's if it's that much better. Um, We're enjoying it. Max and I are enjoying it the second time around. It'll probably be completed really soon. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I love legacy games. I think they're so much fun. I love, love playing a game and completing it and then being done with it. Like, I don't need a legacy game to go back and to play it. You can. And actually, Max and I have played it quite a few times over regular Ticket to Ride because it's it's just nice without having to score points throughout the game. It is nice to play it that way. Um, so now we'll have two versions at the end of this, but you know, it, it's worth it because it's just a lot of fun to go through the whole game. I think it's totally worth playing it again and picking it up again. I'm excited. That's how much I liked it. My number three, Ticket to Ride Legacy, Legends of the West. Yeah, I might try to play this again with somebody, with a, with a group, but yeah, good good game. My number three is another crossover. She called it Wild Tiled West. I, man, I'm really enjoying this game. You're you're rolling some dice and then you're drafting, you know, tiles based on those die rolls. There's a lot of interesting things you're thinking about while you're placing on your board. The anamorphic animals is cool. It just, yeah, there's a lot of different things. Natasha hit on a bunch of them. It just kind of comes together in a very good, very good package. And I think Direwolf Games is one of those um, publishers that's really starting to creep up there for me because they've done like Dune Imperium, Clank Legacy, uh Clank in Space, Clank Catacombs. I've I've liked that. There's Dune Dune Imperium Uprising. They've they're doing these games and I think they're putting a lot of care into a, a few games, if that makes sense, as opposed to just releasing as much as they can until they find a hit. They find they're very they're almost like Days of Wonder in a certain way. Where they're not releasing a ton per year, but what they are releasing, releasing what they are releasing is good. So, yeah, they're one of those publishers that I'm starting to be interested in what they're doing. 
it's not it doesn't seem like there's a ton coming out from them but the things they are doing i think are pretty solid so again natasha knew it was gonna be on my list it's a crossover i really i'm really enjoying wild tiled west especially with all the different maps every time you shoot somebody shoot a bandit you put the bullet up it was a little tombstone super creative <laughs> i just part. i don't know why i just love it it just makes me laugh so it's fun it's a fun little toy game yeah but it's it's good it's got strategy and interesting decisions and and you're painful like you're like ah you know yeah you get you get your own special abilities based on the board you get all all those little things add up to what i think is a really solid solid game uh my number three wild tiled west all right my number two is a little card game trailblazers i just love this tile laying game with these little tiny cards you make all the three different types of trails it's it's really painful the entire time you're playing you're like oh my god i messed this up oh my gosh i did this wrong oh no no what was i doing like that's you just you're just moaning and complaining the entire time you're playing the game and i love it i love everything about it i think it's so much fun um and i had this is another game that i've taught people and it has not gone over well like some people do not like this game i think this one is very polarizing i have seen a lot of mixed reviews on it but if you like tiling games making paths really simple lots of choices you'll love it or you'll hate it i love it that's my number two trailblazers it's a solid drafting game with getting all those routes but it can be pretty painful when you're trying to complete a route and you can't you're just like ugh. there was one time where we were playing and we thought we were done and i literally looked at you guys and i'm like i didn't i will i'm gonna score zero and somebody that was sitting next to us was like, you guys have one more round. You played this many rounds. We're like, really? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yes. And then I was able to score points, but it wasn't that many. <laughs> so that's a thing. But yeah, that's it's a pretty solid game for sure. All right. My number two. And this is the this is the game I referenced earlier about. I didn't see it until the Dice Tower Cruise and it wasn't available to pick up until probably like March of this year in the States. And that is Revive. This is a game by Aporta Games. And man, this game. So there's a lot of little things going on. It's a cool action economy where you can only do a handful of things. You got dual purpose cards. The, there's going to be a top section and a bottom section. You got a player board. And then when you're taking, you know, doing a card action, you either slide it. So the top part's facing you and you gain that benefit or you slide it below. You can make those action spots more robust and give you additional things by collecting these little modules throughout the course of the game. You have a central map, you're flipping tiles and based on those tiles, you're putting buildings and people out in order to create a network and, you know, move up these tracks on your inner, on your player board has these three tracks that you're constantly climbing. This is one of those games that continues to grow on me game after game, after game, after game. One of the, my one critique is if you're playing four players, it just basically ramps so hard that you just fly through the end. And it just feels like, it kind of feels like, oh man, wow, that ended quite a bit faster than I thought. If you play at lower player counts, if you play like two or three, you can add additional uh, artifacts, which are these little tokens that you're acquiring. And it's that's how what triggers the end of the game. You can add additional ones which prolongs the game out a little bit. So I think moving forward, my ideal play of it will be either at two or three with additional tile, those additional artifacts out on the board. So the game can just last maybe just an extra rotation longer, which is what I think this game needs. Yeah, this game did come out in 2022, but like you said, it wasn't available until 2023. We didn't play it until obviously this year. I love it too. It, didn't make my list because I searched by 2023 games, but man, every time I play this game, it just goes up and up and up and up for me. I absolutely love it. Um, it would probably be my number one if um, if I included it. And if I redid my list from 2022, it would definitely be my number one because this game is so good. Uh, it It is just 
I don't know. It just clicks for me in a lot of ways. I think it's a beautiful game. I think it's really interesting. Uh, I, I like it. It's not, it's not too heavy, but it's really complicated still like in all of the good ways and not any of the like ways I don't like. So for me, it hits all, all on all cylinders. I love this game. You're, you're very reactive to what everyone else is doing, especially on that central board as tiles get flipped. That's what you're doing is you're competing for spots. So the replayability is just in that interaction you have with other players. But yeah, I really like this game. I will say I knew you liked it. I didn't think you liked it as much to say it would be your number one. Oh, yeah. It's up there. It's it's up there on my top 100, which we're going to talk about soon. But yeah. Yeah, I really like it. I think they, the like I said, when I first played it and a handful of times, I was like, okay. And the more and more I've played it, the more I'm just like, man, I really am enjoying this game. So my number two, Revive. All right. My number one, no surprise, that is Earth. It's my number one, probably number one game played of the year as well. And man, I just love this game. I love everything about it. It's fun, 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 and more fun. Like you just get, 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 which Wait. I love receiving things. Wait a second. Is it, I'm confused. Is it fun or is it fun, fun, fun? Is, fun, fun, fun. Yes. Yes, it, it is. All of the above D? All of them. I'm going to choose all, D. All different types of fun. You get to do this thing and you get all these things and then somebody else does a thing and then you get all these things and then somebody else does a thing and you get all these things and you're just like constantly moving things around, activating new things, like building an engine. And at first I was like, oh, there's so much going on. Like, I don't, you know, it's whatever. You're just turning this into this into this, hoping to get most points. But then as you start to learn the cards and... And there's just so much going on. Like you really want to get these types of cards to fulfill this goal, but you also want to get these types of cards to fulfill this goal, but you want these cards to be in this order. So there's just so many things that you have to manage. And there's a beginner level an intermediate and an advanced. And I love the advanced level because you just have to manage more things, which means you're not going to be able to do them all. So you have to, so you have more choices actually in the cards that you have. And I, and I love like, this is a game that comes with like, a giant stack of cards the deck is huge every single card is unique and a lot of those games frustrate me because you don't go through that whole deck so you might go okay i'm gonna go with this strategy and then not actually get those cards in this game of earth i've played it um quite a few games where we have gone through the entire deck of cards now not everybody has used all those cards because you compost them but you have you might end the game with like 20 30 cards in your hand that you have collected over the course of the game not to mention your compost pile all the ones that you've discarded for points there's just so many options in this game and it's so fun and it's so satisfying i love the theme i love the art i love the components i love everything about this game and i i don't even mind playing it on bga even though i agree with you it's not great but i still like playing it because i still want more earth more 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 i love it it's such a good game when we reviewed this game, you brought something up and it I hadn't really considered it until you had brought it up. And that was gaining the cards. You, you're constantly gaining cards, which feels really good because I think one of the things with Wingspan is like you can do that action, you'll get a card mm-hmm. or maybe two cards, but you have to get rid of an egg in order to do it. This one's like, no, draw six. Okay cool draw six cards and you're you're constantly going through that deck which it just feels good to be drawing a bunch of cards because it just gives you a ton of options yeah it it gives you it opens up all these different things that you can look at you know i liked this game a lot when i first played it but since playing it it has grown on me even more i love it uh, whatever i rated it at first i'm changing it to a 10 out of 10 best game ever Maybe not the best game ever, but it's definitely in my top 10, I bet. I love it. It's such a good game. And and it's just, I think it crosses a lot of, it can be played by a lot of people, a lot of different types of gamers. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a solid game. All right. That's my number one best game of the year, Earth. I'm curious where it's going to end up on your top 100 when we do that. I'm, I'm really curious. I guess we've been talking about it enough the last few last few weeks we are going to be doing a top 100 but we're going to do it individually this year last year we did the combined essentially the board game shenanigans top 100 we're going to do them separate so stay tuned for that 
But my number one game of 2023, do you know what it is? It's got to be Trailblazers. It is not. <gasps> it wasn't even on your top 10? It, w- it, it made the short list. I it was is... thinking Darwin's Journey would be on your list, and I thought Apiary would be on your list. So I'm surprised both of those aren't on your list. They were on the, they were on the short list. Um, missing. Well, I'll tell you right now, Great Western Trail, New Zealand. Oh, duh. You played that? You big dummy. Yeah, I've played it. I've played it once, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think I I need to play it more, and I couldn't make this list without without putting it on there. And and I've talked to death about how my favorite game of all time is Great Western Trail. I love that game. Argentina came out, and I really enjoyed Argentina. There was a couple things that I was just like, mm, I don't know if I necessarily care for that, but I think I liked overall what it did. I think New Zealand, there's potential that it, might be better for me, but I don't know. I it does I need have to... sheep instead of cows, which it are does have adorable. Sheep. I really liked it. It instead of the train, it's got the ports. It's really yes. it's really good. I'm I'm excited to get more plays of it. My initial play of it I really liked, but I'm I'm hesitant to do a full review because I, I, I wanna essentially compare all the great Western trails to each other. This has the potential of knocking out the original one, I don't know if it will, just because of how much I love the original game. But yeah, I mean, it does everything the Great Western Trail like does. It gives me all those same kind of feels. You're doing sheep instead of cows, which at, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't care one way or another. You know, so the sheep are sheep are sheep, and cows are cows. It is cool to see to look at cards that are different. You know, you're not looking at all the West Highlands now. You're looking at all sorts of kinds of random sheep cards, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I really, I really like this game. I liked it quite a bit better than Argentina, so I yeah, I couldn't make this list without putting it on there. So my number one game of twenty three, Great Western Trail, New Zealand. I really liked this game as well, but I had only played it one time, so I wasn't an expert. I was still learning it. I I didn't quite it didn't make my list. I think if I I think this is one that definitely could grow on me as I play it more and more. Yeah, we should play it more. Is what we should do. Yeah. But but yeah. So yeah, that is uh that's our list. That's the best games of twenty three ever. Definitive. There's no way any game could beat these games that came out in twenty three. It is what it is. Etch it in stone. Be done. <laughs> Until we play all the other games that came right, out. Yeah, 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 and we and we knock all these ones out. Yeah, there's a lot of great games, and yeah. there's a lot of games I've been um, seeing other reviewers do their top ten, and there's a lot on there that I'm like, oh, I want to play that one. I want to play that one. You know, I easily had a top twenty of really good games that could have made my top ten, but there, there's yeah. a lot of great games this year. Yeah, there's a ton. It was a very good year, and it's a good problem to have to be in the industry and. Uh, just the sheer amount of stuff. It does make it difficult trying to pick stuff, but overall, yeah, solid year, 2023. It was really some really good games that came out. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us again next week. Please help us out by giving us a review and liking us on Instagram or Facebook and send any comments or questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>